Amen. If you have your Bible with you today, I invite you to join me in the book of Proverbs. We're going to be looking this morning at Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 10. Proverbs 3, 1 to 10. Raise your hand if you are a New Year's resolution type. Anybody? I saw a couple. They were pensive out there. The rest of us are done with them, right? We've tried them. They don't work. Let's not set goals at all. Is that where we're coming from? No matter what our perspective is on New Year's resolutions, we stand today on the brink of a brand new year. And that gives us a chance to pause and reflect. It gives us a chance to think back on what God did in our lives during this past year, but also a chance to gaze into the future and to wonder together what God has in store as we move into this brand new year. We all desire God's blessings as we move ahead. And we also desire the wisdom and guidance of God. And that's why I have us in Proverbs 3 today. Because the Proverbs are a book of wisdom. In fact, Proverbs have been called short sentences of wisdom. And if you spend any time in the book of Proverbs, you know that's exactly what they are. Short, pithy statements, one after the other. 31 chapters of wisdom waiting at our fingertips. They were written by Solomon. They were endorsed and quoted by Jesus. And they allow wisdom to lead and guide us if we are open to what that wisdom has to say. And so let's open ourselves now to Proverbs 3 and verses 1 through 10. My child, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and all people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Please pray with me. Lord God, we are so thankful to be here together in your presence today. We are thankful for this community of faith. We are thankful for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are seated around us. And we are thankful for your presence here. As we reflect back on the year that was, and we look forward to the year to come, we invite your wisdom. And so in these next few minutes, as we focus on Proverbs, I ask that you give each of us eyes to see just what you want us to see. Give us hearts that are soft and ready to receive whatever you choose to reveal. And give us strength and conviction so we can apply what we see and understand to the way we live every day. I pray all of these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, these 10 short verses contain five specific instructions. And each of the verses begin with the instruction itself, and then there's a benefit that's listed afterward. These aren't promises of what will come if we follow after the instruction, but instead simply a description of what takes place when we follow in the wisdom of God. They all center around verses 5 and 6, and so we'll finish with those core verses at the end. But let's start now in verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2 tell us, do not forget this teaching. And there's a sense here of a father talking to their child, passing on wisdom. Wisdom they want to make sure their child remembers. 
Keep my commands in your heart, he says. Remember them, maybe even memorize them. The message translation says, take them to heart. Do not forget this teaching. But then the benefit comes in verse 2. Long life, peace, and prosperity. Shalom. A long life lived full and well. When we choose to cherish the teachings of God, not simply read them and forget them, not simply move past them and on to what comes next, but to hold on to them and live according to them, we are promised long life, peace, and prosperity. In verses 3 and 4, we're told to cling to love and faithfulness. Loving God and loving others. It just keeps coming up no matter where we turn in the scriptures. That's what our faith is about. Learning to love God well and love the people around us. These must always remain central to our practice of the faith. Fidelity to God and to others. Our long obedience in the same direction is the very heart of our faith. Cling to love and faithfulness and the benefit, favor and a good name. Blessings. A good reputation, not only with people, but with God as well. As we cling to love and faithfulness, this is our promise. Verses 7 and 8. Don't assume that you know it all. There's a danger of being wise in our own eyes. Every one of you is intelligent, and I have no doubt that you are growing in wisdom by the day. But we're to keep that in perspective. We're to keep that in perspective, especially as we lay it up against the wisdom of God, knowing that no matter what we know, God knows better, God knows best. And as we understand the will of God, it makes it that much more important for us to bind our lives to it. How do we go about doing this? Fear the Lord is what we're told in this proverb. But fearing the Lord is not the same as being afraid of God. Really, there's a one Hebrew word that says fear of the Lord. That's the concept that's being described here. And fear of the Lord is respect and honor. We're to live with the right perspective of who we are and who God is. And fear of the Lord encompasses that. We're also to shun evil, we're told here by the proverb. Shunning evil, not simply avoiding evil or not investing in evil, but shunning evil for the sake of our fidelity to our living God. Don't assume you know it all. And the benefit that goes with that is a healthy body. One translation says, your body will grow, will glow with health. There's an interesting connection between our physical health and well-being and our spiritual health and well-being. And here this proverb ties them together. Verses 9 and 10, give God your first and your best. This is the Old Testament concept of first fruits. Exodus talks about it, Numbers talks about it, Deuteronomy talks about it. We're to give God the first of what we have, not what's left over at the end of the month, at the end of the year, at the end of our energy. That's this concept of first fruits. It's an active recognition of God as the source and provider of everything we have. And it's all based in trust. A trust in God that God will care for all of our needs, even as we provide him with our first fruits. The benefit that goes with giving God your first and your best is you'll have more than enough, he says. Brimming with blessings, overflowing with blessings because of the trust that we've expressed in God. And then finally, verses five and six, trust God with everything. Trust God with everything, every part of yourself. 
every aspect of your life, every plan that you have, every intention, everything you put your mind and heart to, trust God with everything. It's the antidote to autonomy. And it really summarizes the rest of these. It could summarize the whole book of Proverbs. It's all about trust. And when I think about trust and what Proverbs 3 is asking us to do, it makes me think of, of course, a cycling trip a long time ago. My friend Jeff and I go on an annual cycling trip, and on this occasion, and this was a while ago, we were up in the Solvang area, and Jeff is a gadget guy. So way back then, it's probably 15, 20 years ago, Jeff had purchased something called a Garmin, and you're probably familiar with the brand. I have a picture of it that I can show you on the screen there. Goes right on your handlebar, records your ride, your speed, your distance, has all kinds of fun stuff that way. But one of the features is it's GPS. And so it will tell you where you are supposed to go if you plug into it the place where you want to be. Well, Jeff and I were riding in an unfamiliar area, and we got lost a lot during that trip. So we would be someplace far away from home base, and we'd get lost, and we would be sure we need to go this way to get home. This is going to be the quickest way home. And Jeff would say, let me consult my garment. Let me check out and see what the Garmin says. And nine times out of ten, we're going this way. The Garmin tells us to turn around and go the other way. And every time that we resisted the Garmin's guidance, we were lost even longer. And every time that we trusted the Garmin's guidance, we made our way to our destination with no problem whatsoever. The mantra of our trip was trust the Garmin. Trust the Garmin. And so every single time we came to a crossroads, trust the Garmin. But what it made me think of was the way that we have been called to trust in God. Because often the instructions the Garmin gave us made no sense. And I consider myself someone who has a good sense of direction, but we had to trust the guidance that was there because it was based in something bigger than us, bigger than our instincts. And the same is true when we follow after God. As we move into this brand new year and we have decisions to make, when we stand at the crossroads and wonder what to do next, we are going to have to trust the wisdom of God on so many occasions, even if our own sensibilities say something different, even if we've always done it a different way, even if we think it would be more enjoyable uh, or, or, or safer to do it a different way, when we see in the scriptures, when we sense through the Holy Spirit, when the counsel of our brothers and sisters in Christ tells us otherwise, we need to trust in God. We need to trust in God's guidance and be willing to make that step of faith because when we do, he will always bring us home. He'll always bring us to the place where we are supposed to be. If we trust God with everything, according to the Proverbs, number one, we trust that God has the wisdom we need. We trust that his wisdom is good, that he is all-knowing, and that he loves us, and that enables us to follow him even if it makes no sense. We also keep our own wisdom in perspective. We know a lot, and we know the situations that we're in, but God knows so much more. And number three, we do what God says. It's not just enough to know. It's simple, trusting obedience that God is calling us to. The benefit of trusting God with everything is straight paths. Straight paths. He will keep you on track. He will lead you on a clear and level path that stretches out before you. And isn't that what we want as we move into this brand new year? Guidance that takes us exactly where God has us going. It's a brand new year, and we're all coming from different places. For some, 2023 was amazing. 
For others, you're already working on forgetting it. None of us knows what the new year holds, but we do know that God is waiting for us there, that God's guidance and God's wisdom are available to every one of us. And we know that as we choose to trust in God, we are assured of his guidance, his wisdom, his love, his protection as we walk down the path he lays before us. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we commit ourselves to you. We acknowledge your wisdom. We desire to follow after it. And as we sit today on the brink of a brand new year, we are thankful for the good things in this last year, and we're thankful that you journeyed alongside us in the difficult things. Certainly this coming year will be filled with some of both, but God, we desire to follow after you. Make our paths straight. Show us where to walk. Give us the strength to trust. Bind us close to you and to one another as we seek your blessings and we seek to bring you glory in all that we do. We commit ourselves to you in this brand new year and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.